Hello and welcome to the download. I'm your host, Dave Richardson. Once again, everyone's favorite day of the week, Stu's Days. Stu, uh, you, 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 you seem, uh, seem a little glum today. <laughs> well, I've had one of these flash colds, Dave, where, you know, in these days when you get a cold, it's a non-COVID cold, it really messes with you. Like, you know, what do I do? Do I go outside? Do I not go outside? But I'm, I'm on day four, so I feel like I'm through it. Yeah. You, 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 you don't look like you're through it. Though. Well, I appreciate that, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> so, so along along with all the fluid, you're filled with great market insights as always, and and what we were talking about doing today, we we, we sort of laid out last last week, uh, the year ahead, and and you know some of the reasons yeah. why things could go well, things might not go as well, sort of what you think might happen, but thinking maybe we put some numbers around that in terms of you know so if if we if we start crunching the numbers. Where, where, what could we see as sort of sort of an upside on things? What's the what, what's the range of outcomes, upside, downside, uh, on this year? And then, uh, because we use the terminology so much, and we've got lots of new listeners coming in, uh, I, I might push you in a couple of spots just to to get you to define or explain exactly why you're using a particular number. Sound uh, sound okay? Yep, sounds great. So, um, you know, like when you, you people always ask, like you know, the hardest question in the world is, what's the market going to do? And, um, you know, the market's made up with, of lots of stocks that all have different earnings profiles. And the valuation of each of those uh, can change in uh, any meaningful way. But, you know, just like, you know, the meteorologist or the weather person needs to be able to say, this is generally what's going to happen. That's what people ask you about the market. And, um, you know, sometimes the market drives results. And sometimes it's like, sometimes it's the stock market and sometimes it's a market of stocks. Uh, the last uh, six or eight months has definitely been more a market of stocks than the stock market. But nevertheless, people will always want to know the goalposts. So, you know, I might be sitting here with a portfolio, you know, filled with companies where I think the return potential is pretty good, um, where, you know, we, we are what we call scenario-based investors. So if I run like a bear case scenario, uh, I don't, you know, I think my stocks are not too far uh, from the bear case. And if I run a bull case scenario, it looks pretty good. Yeah. And, um, you know, the nice thing about stocks is they don't expire. So, yes. you know, even even when you have the bear case scenario that you're thinking about, uh, management's thinking about that bear case scenario, too, and figuring out ways to eliminate it. Yes. Uh, and we see announcements, new products. We see announcements, restructuring uh, divisions. We see uh, streamlining, becoming more efficient. You know, all these things that management do to take that bear case off the table. But, you know, company by company, uh, you know, you can always, there's always a bull market somewhere. Like you can always find a company that looks interesting. But, uh, you know, people ask you, what is the stock market going to do? So what we try and do is, is you know, we're mostly focused on, on North American markets. But, you know, say the, the S&P 500. So you have 500 companies. They, are, they each earn a little bit of money. So, uh, you know, if they were all equally weighted, you'd take a quarter of a percent of each company's earnings and add it up. And that would be the S&P's earnings. But they're not, they're market cap weighted, so it's a little bit different. But, uh, you know, generally speaking, if you thought about the S&P 500 as one big conglomerate with all these divisions, you know, a Microsoft division, a Johnson & Johnson division, what have you, you know, you can estimate what those earnings might be in a variety of scenarios. So, you know, this year, if we have, uh, you know, a recession, uh, those earnings might be around uh, 200 bucks. 
if we have, uh, you know, a kind of a slower economy, like the interesting thing this time around is that we might have no real growth, but we might have nominal growth, which isn't as bad for earnings. So the current estimates are around $230. Um, and then, you know, while this year may not be better than $230, uh, you know, say we had a slowdown and then we had a recovery and people start looking out to uh, 2024 and 2025, you might say, well, the recovery earnings could be $250 or $260, that type of thing. And it gives you, you're, you're trying to think of it as an investor, you're creating this grid and you've got a bear case, a base case and a bull case. Now, earnings are one thing, multiples are another, right? So the valuation of an asset is a two-legged stool. You have the earnings or the cash flow that comes from it and what multiple we're gonna pay for it. And the multiple that we're gonna pay for it is driven by interest rates and risk premium. So if, uh, if I gave you a dollar of earnings that was as guaranteed as a government bond's earnings, then you would expect to trade that at the same earnings yield. And the invert of an earnings yield is the multiple. So if I have a bond that yields, call it 3%, and I pay $100 for it, I paid 33.3 times for those earnings. So if I had uh, you know two, two things for you to choose from, and I told you they were equally as guaranteed, one was a dollar of government bond revenue, and one was a dollar of earnings, and I told you both guaranteed, and I said one was at 33 times and the other was at 17 times. Well, of course, you'd take the one at 17 times. Yes. Right? Like, why wouldn't you? They're, they're exactly the same. The thing is, is that earnings are not exactly the same. And even though over time, they're not that volatile, they grow around 6 or 7% a year. In any given period of time, they can be quite volatile. So the question that we have to ask ourselves then is the risk premium, which is the, the, the multiple the lower multiple that we pay for earnings relative to bonds or in reverse, the higher earnings yield, is there enough cushion on those earnings to deal with the volatility? And, uh, you know, that that is a question that uh, there's part science, like uh, you can measure risk premium over time. It can be impacted by inflation. It can be impacted by growth expectations. It is significantly impacted by optimism and pessimism because of the human nature that's involved in it. And, you know, that's where you get more art than science. So, you know, I could tell you that earnings could be this in a recession and we could try and apply a multiple to those earnings for a period of time. Now, a rational person might say, those earnings aren't gonna last. So why would I value the stock market on them? And, uh, you know, the answer to that would be, yeah, well, over time, that's true. But in that given point in time, someone's likely to value them that way, because in the absence of knowing what the future might hold, people tend to focus on the here and now. So, um, you know, so you have these earnings that are going to come out and you have the valuation that they might trade at. So during a recession, uh, the bear might say, well, 15 times 200 or 16 times 200 or something like that. And even though we know that likely wouldn't present itself for very long, uh, that would be the low 3000s on the S&P 500. You know, the interesting thing about that is that those types of scenarios often present themselves for very brief periods of time. And the reason it's good to be a scenario-based investor is that when something is negative, you also want to have in your head, okay, say there was a recovery in 2025 or 2024, and those earnings were 
250 or 260 dollars and inflation was you know back and contained and interest rates were in the neighborhood of three to three and a half percent or whatever they might be 10-year bonds the s p might trade at 45 or 4600 in that scenario so you know one of the things that uh, you know we call them you know investors want to be like a first responder right like so in the middle of in the middle of uh you know the crappy weather when people are very focused on recession and say the market gets pushed down towards 3,600, 3,500, whatever it might be, in the back of your head, you're like, yeah, but when this changes, all of a sudden I'm going to be up. Like if, if, if tomorrow we were presented with the S&P at 3,000 in a recession, I know that on recovery, I might be up 50% in that scenario. So I try and keep those scenarios in my head because, <clears throat> you know, what we know over time is that those multiples will normalize around, you know, 15 or 16 times. And those earnings will grow over time by around 7% and I'll receive two in a dividend. So I kind of know what's at play in the longer term, but in the short term, you know, I've got to deal with small changes in earnings and much larger changes in behavior and personality and optimism and pessimism. And, uh, you know, so everyone needs a roadmap uh, to try and get themselves through that. And, and uh, you know, I've just tried to, articulate what our roadmap is yeah and, and and then you you know as you say using the scenarios it it helps you emotionally because one of the hardest things for investors to do is when things feel really bad and the news flow is terrible and the market is down to actually step in um, and take advantage of that opportunity that's being presented to you but you gave you gave that mathematical example Right of of you know two hundred dollars in earnings, sixteen times multiple, so thirty two hundred. So that sort of gets in your mind, and and then on the on the upside, we, if we come out the other side, maybe you're up to two fifty and a and a you know eighteen multiple. So you know, so you got up into the the, the fourth forty two to forty five hundred range. It it helps you go wow when when things are if things did creep down into the thirty two thirty three thirty four hundred range. I should really be watching for that. That's going to be an opportunity, and 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 it's going to help. It, it's going to help you move forward to take advantage of that opportunity because you've done that analysis in advance. Is that, or or am I missing something? You know, you're obviously going to re reevaluate when when you're at that point. But but is that is that one of the things that helps you act when you should be acting and not being not not getting emotional or pessimistic about where you're at at a, at a particular point in time? Yeah, no, hundred percent. And you know, I was using this analogy with my kids. Like, so today everyone uses Google Maps, and yeah. you know, you say I want to go from Toronto to Montreal, and I put in Google Maps and it says it's going to take you five hours and thirty-two minutes, and it shows you the little red lines of construction. It's very precise, relatively speaking, right? You know, when I was a kid, you'd get that triptych book from the CAA, and <laughs> you know, it was like turn the page, right? And you'd have the one page with the highlighted route and it would show you where construction was. And, you know, back then that was quite liberating because the number of times you'd get on the, on the highway and then there'd be a traffic jam and you had no idea and it totally threw you off. Uh, at least now you'd have your trip ticket and you'd be like, oh, there's construction up a front. That's kind of like a scenario-based investor, right? Like, I don't know yeah. exactly how long it's going to take me to get through. I know I'm going to get through it. Uh, you know, at least I'm aware, right? So a scenario-based investor says, I want to be aware of all these things, even if they don't present themselves. So I kind of know what I might do in advance. You know, today, uh, you know, because of Google Maps and other things, people, you know, we're looking for precision. Uh, and, 
you know, unfortunately, when it comes to to markets, because of the behavioral aspects to it, it's 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 hard to have that precision that some people might like. Yeah, it it's uh, but 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 as as you say, the 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 one thing about um, you know being taken off course, um, as, as long as you you know where you're trying to get to and know that you're going to get there over time, um, as long as you stay the course, you ultimately do get there. Um, the the tools you have available to you now are going to help you and the tools that you would have versus someone just sitting at home investing are very powerful so it's going to allow you to have a little bit more precision but it's still about making the right calls um, you know moving through traffic moving around traffic finding a different route but ultimately getting to where you need to go um, that you're trying to do as well 100 and, and then what you what you want to keep in mind is that is that uh, when things seem congested the incentive to to find your way back to the normal path is very high. Everyone has the same incentive. Like when we're all in traffic, we all want to go home. So the incentive for us to eventually all get in line, get the car straightened out and get on with our business is quite high. Even though at the very moment in time, it might be like, well, I can just deke here and I can deke there and this and the other thing. It doesn't really speed it up, but you know that, you know what I'm trying to say? It's, uh, you know, I think when, when you can't figure out why things, something might get better, it's always a good reminder just to say, but the incentives in the system are for it to get better. Yes. Yes. And, and, and you know, a lot of what we've been through, though, over the last year was, you know, the bounce out of COVID. The incentives in some ways got a little bit out of whack. Yes. Um, inflation rose. You had to have interest rates come up and kind of had to tap the brakes short term on that. But as you say, ultimately, things will get back on side. And and things will move forward as they always do, because over time, the incentives are for it to get better. Yep. So um, that, that's a, a, a actually a, quite a brilliant um, outline of, uh, of scenario analysis for a sick guy. <laughs> so you you you, uh, you you came through on the smarts. You still look terrible, yeah. but you, uh, you you were you, you, you came through or you had to smart wise. There must be something in the Vic's Vapo rub. I don't know. It's. Uh... <laughs> Excellent. Well, Stu, that was, uh, like I said, that was a, a, a really nice, um, you know, again, for, for particularly for, for, for new investors, um, and this one, take, take and listen to this with, with an advisor maybe you're working with. There's some really great stuff around how you want to think about the range of outcomes and prepare yourself for the potential to that, for that to happen, but, but think of it in a, in a very positive way about how that can create opportunities for you to gain some upside when things are down above average and to protect yourself when, when things get too far ahead uh, and, uh, and, and have some more success investing. And whether you're buying an individual stock or whether you're buying uh, a fund or ETF, same thing kind of applies in terms of, you know, like, like we always say, don't get too, too excited when things are good. Don't get too pessimistic when things are bad. And there's tools and, and analysis you can do to be better at focusing on the numbers and the objectivity instead of emotion. You nailed it, Dave. Wow. Wow. But I'm, but I'm, I'm, I'm feeling really good right now. So <laughs> uh, last month, I couldn't have done that if you listen back to some of the old episodes. So Stu, another great Tuesdays. Thanks. We'll see you. Uh, we'll see you Tuesday. I think, I think we're going to get into some, uh, a little bit more earnings, hopefully, and maybe we can start to dig into some actual data to show us what might be playing out this year. Great. Thanks, Dave. 
This recording has been provided by RBC Global Asset Management, Inc. for informational purposes only and is not intended to be investment or financial advice. You should consult your own legal, accounting, tax, investment, or financial planning advisors before engaging in any transactions.